0: Welcome to another special edition of the Throwing Bagels podcast. Kevin Mooney here with you alongside Jason Hamo. Hey, Jason. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Chris Daglas, unfortunately unable to join us uh, for this particular podcast. We miss him. And uh, he does send his regards to our guest uh, for this particular podcast, number 25 in throwing bagels podcast, uh, history, uh, joining us is a, and now entering his 20th season as head coach of the Oswego state Lakers men's ice hockey team. It is the one and only coach Ed Gozik. Hey coach.
1: Hey Kevin. Thank you for having me. And, uh, good to see you again and hear from you. And, uh, Brings back memories of your days uh, back at the college.
0: It's fantastic, Coach, to 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 catch up with you as well. And your first game of this season uh, was an exhibition game over against King's College of Pennsylvania. That was uh, over this past weekend. Uh, a 9-1 victory. Uh, no signs of rust there, huh, Coach?
1: Well, early in the year. I mean, yeah. they're, they're a better team than the, what they showed. I think they're coach along with our staff you know played everybody and uh uh both their goalies and and all their players in the same way with us so early in the season we don't put too much stock into it it's good to play someone else mm-hmm. um you know instead of beating yourselves up in practice so uh we'll see this weekend with Alvernia and uh keep moving and preparing for our our showdown with Hobart on opening day
2: you guys went to um, Europe earlier this year and uh, played some friendlies over there. What was that experience like for you personally, for the players overall as well?
1: Well, it was, a uh, you know, an awesome experience for our players. It's the second time we've gone. And uh, really, it, it uh, I wasn't one big for traveling abroad and uh, never really, you know, considered it until uh, we got there the first time. And, just an awesome experience culturally uh, for our players to come together and and to play, you know, uh, three different professional teams over there. And, uh, you know, we decided to you know, start fundraising again. That was pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, COVID obviously screwed up our fundraising a little bit. But um, due to our booster club and a lot of good uh, alums, We were able to get enough funds together to help offset the cost so that all our players could attend. And uh, we had a group of about 80 people that went, uh, some parents, some booster club members, some fans, some school administration. So it was a great experience for our guys uh, to uh, go through Switzerland, uh, Italy, um, you know, tour the sites, along with playing some hockey. So, uh, you know, it's nice. Uh, coming back end of July, getting the guys on the ice and practicing and then Mm -hmm. going over. Uh, But, you know, if we learn something from the last time, it makes for a long season, Uh, especially now with the eight additional practices that the NCAA has granted us Mm -hmm. in September. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes here. It, It seems like it's been a long season already, not long, but Uh, The usual excitement of getting started, other than our new players that have joined our squad, you know, it's more status quo than the excitement of of the early start. But uh, we're excited to get going here. We we like our team, and uh, Italy was was an awesome experience. Uh, Personally, my my daughter and um, her husband, new husband, uh, I shouldn't say new first, but just married a year, were able to join join us and uh, a lot of good uh, friends uh you know were able to go so just a great experience to get over there again and um you know not sure if we'll make it again but uh, uh a great opportunity for our players
0: let's talk a little bit about about the this the 2023-24 20, version of the oswego state lakers so goaltender cal shell started most of Oswego's games last season as a freshman. Is is he the number one goaltender this year?
1: Well based on last year, you know, you you would you would think I think Richie Perron, a senior he's he's done a great job of of closing the gap and had a real good uh, mm-hmm. you know showing in Italy and um you know new guy Milsey uh you know he's done a great job of adapting from Sacred Heart to to our program. And I think any one of the three at this point are certainly capable of giving us the goaltending that we need to be successful. Um, You know, they, they weren't overly tested last weekend against Mm. Kings college. We'll see this weekend uh, with Alvernia and then try to make a decision uh, in the best interest of the team on who will start uh, for Hobart. But right now, you know, they've all been practicing well. They've all shown glimpses of of being very good. And, uh, you know, you look for consistency in practice and you look for consistency um, in these exhibition games to try to make a decision uh, for that start against Holbart and then the next night with Meyer.
2: This year, you have your leading scorer back in Shane Bull um, for his senior season. His brother Noah is on the team as well. What is it? What, what does it bring to have the, the Bull Brothers? What do they bring to the team? And what is it, you know, having the two brothers together?
1: Well, first, you know, foremost is their personality. Um, you know, two great young men, different ways in which they play, but um, both extremely committed and hardworking, uh, both in the classroom, Noah being a 4 0 student, and mm-hmm. Shane right there you know three nine or three eight um and both of them um outstanding in the weight room both have made huge gains um you know uh, working with mark powell who's been helping us here with uh, our off-ice conditioning both of them have done an outstanding job of getting themselves prepared the last two years uh and then obviously on the ice you know they're, they're students of the game they're committed to the game um their personality Shane being an assistant captain this year along with Tyler Flack uh, to compliment uh Quinn Wormuth, have been um you know they've been great leaders and uh, Noah even though he's not wearing a letter uh, like many of our seniors we have a great leadership group and a group of individuals that you know, any one of the fourteen, quite frankly, could be wearing a letter.
2: Um, you have you have an Oswego native on the team, this, uh, right? In in uh, Trent Grimshaw, who's very productive last year. Um, what do you expect out of him this year?
1: Well, you know, when Trent plays his game, he he can be very effective for us. You know, and then just for Trent, and he you know he understands that we've been preaching and speaking on just consistency, consistency each and every day in practice. And in the games, um, he's, you know, highly skilled, very talented, uh, but that combined with working both ends of the ice and being defensive responsibility, his game his game has grown immensely since his first year here. And, um, he's got an offensive flair to him. Would like to get him to, to shoot the puck a little bit more. He puts himself into situations and areas, um, you know, great scoring opportunities and very unselfish. So we're hoping he can get a little selfishness to him and uh, you know, get the puck to the net a little more often. And uh no, we're we're excited for him going into his senior year and um uh you know, the offensive possibilities that he brings.
2: Something every player wants to hear, their coach tell them, be be a little more selfish. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's amazing how time has flown, but it, it's been 25 years since Jason and I were the play-by-play guys on WNYO Radio, uh, where we we called Oswego State Laker Hockey Games. And I know either he or I would be sticking the microphone in your face after the end of period one, because uh, you were at the time the assistant coach. Uh, and we look at the roster back then, we had guys like Carl Antifinario and Gabe McCarty and Joe Garofalo, Derek Kern, Mark McIsock, And you also had a pretty good collection of Oswego natives, Nate Elliott, Jeremy Kadoop, Tom Master. Uh, Do you keep in touch with a lot of the players that, that have come through the system over the past several
1: years? We do, or I do. I mean, we, you know, the trophies, the wins, the, you know, all those things are nice but the friendships with the players honestly is the greatest uh reward for me uh the guys that stay in touch and uh, you know they're busy with their lives their own kids now and and uh their jobs but uh no I'm I'm pleased to say you know a lot of them reach out um and stay in touch with the program or come back and visit uh we just had our alumni golf outing we had a great, a great turnout of support there with, um, 25 foursomes, 27 foursomes actually. And, uh, no, the, the guys, uh, that group that you mentioned are a special group, uh, even though as an assistant at the time to, to Don younger, and then George roll, um, uh, many of them, you know, stay in touch. And, um, you know, unfortunately the passing of Gabe Bacardi, one, of, one of our, One of the guys that you mentioned there, but Peter, uh, his brother there stays in touch and, um, you know, uh, Gabe was an awesome, awesome Laker and committed and committed to our country and serving our country. So, uh, he's always in our, in our thoughts and prayers, uh, but just no, a great group of guys back then, Carl, uh, you know, all those guys that you mentioned have done extremely well for themselves, um, in the real world and raising children and in their married life and uh, with their jobs and they're, they're loyal and uh, just great real alums and uh, you know uh, proud that they came through our program and have represented it the way in which they have.
2: Um, Coach you've always been known to at least I at least from my perspective and I feel like others felt the same way as a very good recruiter you always were able to get some some excellent talent to come to oswego either when you were an assistant or when you took over the head coaching duties and you built a kind of a you built a decent pipeline coming from canada you know that we didn't have you know i'd say when i was in school there and further back probably started more in the 2000s do you get more Do you get do you get much recruiting um in oswego's backyard anymore and is there still a lot of interest in, in coming to oswego for people that are whether from oswego or in the general syracuse area
1: um, no, there is. It's just, you know, times have changed. You know, obviously, I I rely, you know, on, on John Whitelaw. Uh, obviously, you know, an alum and uh, loyal to the program uh, to beat the Bushes. Um, you know, the recruiting landscape has, has certainly changed within stat, being able to watch kids um, each night, every game, just their shifts or offensive shifts or defensive shifts. And uh, you still have to get out, meet the kids, meet their, per- see their personality and, and uh, make that connection. But um, the recruiting landscape has changed. But, you know, with the pipeline with Canada, the pipeline with Canada or even out of state is, you know, a large part dependent upon our package for out of state international students. And obviously to meet the NCAA guidelines, it's got to be the same for everyone, whether you play athletics or not. So we, we owe a great deal to, you know, President Stanley at the time um, for, uh, you know, initiating a package that would allow us to be competitive with the private schools, our proximity to the Canadian border. Obviously, you know, it's it's a, easy for us. Uh, nothing against going to New England, but there's a lot of New England schools that are right in that area. And for us to go down there and not be able to do a thorough job Weekend and week out, uh, you know you're at a disadvantage. Whereas to to go into Ontario or the Ottawa area, which is close in proximity, it's I don't say it's an easy sell, but it's a logical sell to recruits mm-hmm. so that their parents can come watch them on weekends, that they can get home if need be in case of an emergency. And uh, as you said, the pipeline, no pipeline, but the reputation that we have within. Uh, The CC and the OJ, you know, people understand that, you know, the players that we get out of there are are players that many people feel are division one or borderline division one players that get overlooked. So, you know, our new president, WOSU, uh, he's got an ambitious plan with our 40-40, you know, project in sight. And uh, obviously, with uh, high school enrollments down in the States relying on um, international students to help bridge that gap is going to be an important part of our university's success. So um, I look forward to the future and continuing, you know, the connections that we have made. You know, when, you know, say you've been doing it this long. Unfortunately, a lot of the guys that, you know, were the GMs or coaches of any of those teams have retired or moved on. But, uh, you know, they understand the connections that we have and what we represent. And um, no, it's been a win-win situation.
2: You've had a decent amount of players come through the program that um, have played professionally. Um, you've had Selick, who played, who had a brief stint with the Florida Panthers. Right now, you have DiCarlo and Broman playing in the ECHL. What is, how does it make you feel when you get to see your players? You know, not just finish up their time in Oswego, but you know, kind of fulfill their dream of being able to play some some sort of professional hockey, whether it's overseas or in or in the states.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Broman, you know, went up two weeks ago to watch him. He was with Utica and, um, you know, it's tough guys getting sent down from New Jersey to, to Utica and obviously everything pushes down, but, um, to Carlo and Broman, I mean, so far, you know, preseason, they've had a good camp. Um, you know, whether or not, um, Alex can stick if they have space, I think, uh, you know, bro, um, Has a little better opportunity because of last year, but you know, proud of both of them. You know, you got uh, Carter Allen down in uh, in Florida, and uh, uh, Carson Vance uh, Gillespie, uh, you know, forgetting a few of them. But uh, Jeff Salo, there's there's still quite a few guys that you know are playing in the Coast um, Southern Pro League, uh, getting a sniff in the American League, and and over in Europe, so we're proud of all those guys. It's good to see that they continue. And, uh, you know, we wish them the best and you try to prepare them the right way to be successful when they get to that level, um, to take advantage of the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think they understand how difficult it is and the, the uh, sacrifices and dedication that it takes to, to make it at any of those levels. And, um, so, you know, what, we're proud of all of them and, uh, you know, whether a Federal League, Southern Pro League, East Coast League, American League, uh, over in Europe, um, they're getting to do something that they love and uh, get paid to do it and survive uh, until it's time to hang them up and get out in the real world.
0: Coach, I, I got to ask, we, we looked at the, the roster for this year and we noticed the team photo, everyone's wearing yellow jerseys. So uh, is that going to be the, the home jersey for this year?
1: Well, it's our third jersey okay. i mean you know we talked about europe and helping to mm-hmm. fundraise and um you know last year we had we had the black jerseys and okay. before that we had the the grays and um it's just an opportunity to wear them for a couple of years and then uh, raffle them off uh to help fundraise this year with the yellow jerseys uh something different basically it's a uh you know a vegas knockoff uh they were ordered before they won um, but um you know, replace the gray with with the yellow and mm-hmm. um I say we plagiarized their jerseys, but uh no <laughs> they look great and uh school colors. Mm-hmm. so uh no, we're excited to wear them and uh won't be, you know, hopefully a few home games on the road a little bit and special occasions and uh uh you know, the guys love them. It's a different look and um uh, no, we're we're very fortunate to have the third jersey.
0: As we look upon this schedule, are, are there any games this year that uh, have a special meaning to you?
1: Well, they're all special, right? And, uh, you know, this year, uh, obviously, we start off with last year's national champions. And, uh, you know, on my I know Coach Saul's got, got a very good uh, squad this year, the following night. So to start the season off against two very good, you know, should be ranked opponents, uh, I'll be a test for us early on. And then getting into league play, obviously, you know, last year, Suniac champion, um, you know, Platy, that knocked us off at home after we won the regular season title. Um, you know, Coach Moffat, you love to see uh, getting an opportunity uh, after many years as a loyal assistant to Bobby Emery. And uh, he's done a great job there. Uh, obviously, Geneseo, you know, they've had it going the last uh, however many years, and Coach Schultz has done a great job there. Their last year in the SUNYAC, Jenny and Brockport will both be uh, joining the UCHC with uh, Naz and Utica and Chatham, uh, Manhattanville, uh, whoever else I'm forgetting. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we hate to see them go. Um, they've been, uh, you know, an important part of the SUNYAC, uh, since its inception but um hey everybody has to do what's right for their program or their school and we understand them moving and um, obviously Morrisville becoming a full-time member and Canton uh, becoming a full-time member I think that'll only help their programs um, become established and elevate those but um Our non-league schedule is difficult. As you know, we're, you know, we have Utica at the Utica tournament again against Elmira and and, uh, they play St. John's. So chance of playing Utica there. And then Utica in December at home, Um, you know, Nazareth, um, it's, it's a, you know, in our tournament here uh, with Stevenson Cortland and Concordia is, you know, a good solid tournament, somebody different. So it's, our non-league schedule is certainly difficult. And then the Suniac. on any given night, you, you, you know, you don't compete, you don't bring your A game. You're not going to have success. And, you know, last year, one point separated, uh, you know, I don't know how many positions. So every single point, every single night is critical.
0: What is the mindset of today's athletes versus those of 30, 40 years ago? Are there any major differences in today's athletes, in terms of their approaches to the game versus you know how it was back in the eighties and nineties,
1: you know, just the overall skill set is, is um, it's no knock on on what it was before, but uh, they all have personal trainers. They're all in majority of them are in great shape. They all have skill session coaches, um, you know. So the off season isn't like it used to be. Um, they're on the ice all summer they're in the gym all summer, Uh, they're committed, you know, so the overall level, as I said, has increased, you know, the mentality, you know, in our sport, the culture of it, um, you know, and it's always been there's, there's, you know, kids that have the God given talent. And when those kids are your hardest workers, you know, you got something special Um, and it's no knock on today's generation of just You know, parents want the best for their kids and and offer the best opportunities. And, you know, I'm not sure how big a deal the loyalty part is of sticking with the junior team that you were with as much as getting traded, And you know, trying to to, uh, you know, move yourself up the food chain, so to speak. So um, and and that's expected. Uh, But it's certainly, you know, the kids, as as we say, we don't only want, uh, you know talented players, uh, we want good people. And, you know, you can win a lot of games with talented players, but you can't win championships uh, without the character and uh, dedication and commitment. And even with that, that's that's no guarantee for success anymore. But um, uh, it certainly makes it enjoyable uh, from a coaching standpoint for our staff and our administration, um, you know, student athletes, you know, first-time since I've been here 34 years, whatever it is, you know, that we had four players on the team all at once with four Oh perfect four O's, you know, a team GPA over 3.5. You know, I know we didn't win the playoffs, but won our league. And, you know, for me that there's no regrets there, you know, just a great group of guys uh, that are committed um, on and off the ice you know, they do a ton of community service to represent our team well in the community. Uh, we give back, uh, not because we have to, but because we want to. It's it's you. You understand in this small community, um, you know, that we can be role models for a lot of the younger kids and and even some of the people on campus that, you know, school is cool, you know, and uh, helping out in the community, um, giving of yourself. Um, unselfish, you know, acts of kindness. It goes a long way in our reputation here in the community.
2: Coach, you played at Oswego. What was it like for you um, playing in the Romney Fieldhouse?
1: Well, they we still go in there. Obviously, it's a track now with a, a turf field, but, uh, you know, walking in there every time, uh, you know, it just brings back special memories coming in through the back door uh, when it used to be turf coming in behind the bleachers and, uh, having, you know, there was a smell to Romney, like no other arena. (laughs) And, uh, as you guys know, um, ice crystals in the air and, uh, there's just a, an air and aura about the facility. And, um, you know, those memories, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll not be forgotten. Just a lot of great guys, uh, have passed through the doors of Romney and now the campus center, but um, you know Romney, um, you know it had a special place, obviously, in in the history of our program and and with our college and you know a lot of alums that come back that you know weren't members of the team but just uh, fans. You know they always talk about the games in Romney and walking over from the dorms and the snowstorms and the locals parking up and. In Romney field house parking lot. And, uh, you know, with Lake effect storms, the worst walk in sports history from the parking lot to Romney and then coming out after the game and facing the, you know, sideways snow in your face. So (laughs) our fans are loyal. It's, it's ingrained in our community. And, um, you know, we, we never, uh, you know, made excuses for who we are or what we had. We had the first league, um, in the state university system. And obviously, uh, you know, we're the last ones to, to get a new building. So um, no regrets. We're proud of Romney. It's a big part of our heritage and who we are. And, um, you know, to this day with our players, um, you know, the respect that they have for, for the guys that played here before them and wore the green and gold. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a special, uh, special place.
0: Uh, I will. I can vouch for the walk from the parking lot to the arena. That was the wind would howl, like walking from the parking lot to, and you had to make sure you didn't take a, a, a step on a patch of ice and go flying somewhere on uh, the way down there. But you're you're right, Coach. There's so many great um, uh, memories, and and just and the atmosphere was totally could change a game. Like I remember, quite a few games where the bleachers were packed, the baseball team was there, the chanting was obscene, and they would really get on the opponents, and it would it would really change the whole dynamic of the game.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely a home ice advantage. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day with uh, the chain link fence around it and uh, the old wooden boards. Yeah you know, with the 12 inch lip that you'd break your hips on, (laughs) Um, you know, the hard ice, Um, Earl Wilma, one of our first Zamboni drivers had always have the ice immaculately prepared. And uh, then, you know, the renovation in 87, um, you know, which led us right up to 2003 and moving in or 2007, moving into the campus center. Um, But no, just, you know, great memories and uh, uh, you know, um, uh, a lot of fun times and, um, you know, those, those memories will never be replaced. Mm-hmm. The campus center is awesome. It certainly has added, uh, years onto my coaching career, uh, with the warm climate there, <laughs> and, and a little nicer than, uh, out in the, in the frosty air, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for two, three hours a day. But, uh, no, we're very, very blessed again and, and grateful, you know, president Stanley had the foresight to, to, you know, go ahead with a new complex. That was a big undertaking then. Um, you know, um, really right at the time that, uh, I took over from coach coach role in, uh, 2003 up to the opening in 2007. So, um, you know we've never looked back uh and our college has done a great job and all when you've been back but just maintaining the cleanliness the professionalism um you know our administration has is, is put forward with it and uh, you know all new lighting new compressors since it's opened um you know keeping it uh state of the art
0: let's uh let's go back even further so coach you're you're an Oswego native was had you considered attending any other college or was Oswego going to be your, your go-to, uh, when you were growing up?
1: No. Well, you know, as a kid, you'd always dream about playing for the Lakers. So, you know, that was, uh, our dad, um, uh, you know, my dad, Leo brought, uh, my brother and I, uh, Joe, the racer there, you know, out to the rink Friday and Saturday nights to watch the Lakers play. And, uh, you know, you just, you had an appreciation for the players and the atmosphere, as you said, but uh, no, it, it was different then. you know, high school uh, to go right from high school to college. Um, it was more common in hockey then, but, um, you know, not to the extent that it is today with, you know, all of our players coming out of junior hockey, but then it was really uh, not the junior hockey route, but the two-year college route. And, you uh, You know, after high school, going to uh, North Country Community College, uh, 1980, which, you know, thank God my dad talked me into it. And um, just, uh, you know, a once in a lifetime experience being able to play there in Lake Placid the year of the Olympics and then, you know, working the Olympics. And just by some chance, you know, I got to drive Bob Kane and his wife, the president of the USOC, around for three weeks. And, wow. you know, they're very blessed. They took me into the games and, uh, you know, got to see the the gold medal game and the game against Russia and, you know, figure skating and speed skating and Eric Hyden and all the rest of it. So wow. that's pretty it's, awesome. uh, something that always stay with me. So, and then that led coming back into a swiggle, but, um, no, you know, I think the, the kids in our community now, uh, like many others, um, you know, dream of one day playing for the Lakers and, uh, you know, the landscape has certainly changed. It's it's more difficult. Uh, minor hockey kids now, uh, you know, if they're the best kids in this area, they're moving on to bigger and better programs. And so, um, you know, it's just it's it's not like it was. And and that's not a bad thing. It's just uh, it's all changed. But uh, no, we you know, we do as much as we can with the local community in hopes that those kids you know, have that dream someday. And then whether it's here, or whether it's playing college hockey, you know, NCAA hockey or club hockey, you know, there's a spot for people in this sport uh, to, to continue and to enjoy, enjoy the sport that they love.
2: After you graduated from Oswego, what led your decision, what did you do after you graduated Oswego first? And then what, what led you to come back and rejoin the team as an assistant coach?
1: Good question. Uh, You're bringing back a lot of memories here. Uh, No, I, uh, Denny Snyder, uh, you know, was uh, president of our booster club and also uh, I think he was president of a circle minor hockey association at the time. And, you know, said, Hey, you're a local guy. How about uh, helping out with coaching and, uh, you know, give back to the local youth. And I really, I had no, ambition at the time, uh, not even a thought, uh, to get into coaching. Um, you know, and one thing led to another with, with some minor hockey teams and, and that was really it. I fell in love with it and, uh, probably helped that we had success, but we had, you know, committed parents and committed, uh, local kids in the community then that turned into being, you know, very good, um, you know, college players and professional players winning the Stanley cup with, with Eric Cole. So, um, you know, I don't know we won four or five state championships. And then that led, uh, you know, my former coach, Donnie Younger to, to ask if I'd be interested in, in helping out at the college back in 1989. And so, um, 89, 90 or 91, I started as an assistant with the college and, uh, Six years with uh, Donnie Unger and then uh, seven years with George Roll. Um, you know, both great guys, both, uh, you know, one offensive minded, one more defensive minded, uh, both great students of the game. Uh, and then when you get an opportunity, you know, you have to, as I say to guys, it takes four or five years to figure out your own philosophy and, and uh, how you want to play and the type of players you want to recruit. And, um, but both of those, uh, you know, were certainly role models for me and and local legend Pete Sears, a coach of the high school team for years, you know, watching Pete and speaking with Pete, the way in which he conducted um, himself and his program at the high school level, uh, and then him helping out at the college with us as our goaltending coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have, you know, great people um, to follow, and to see how they handle situations, not always the X's and O's, you know, and not, that's certainly an important part of the game. And I don't want to say that that part's overrated, but dealing with young, you know, young men and um, teaching them values that'll stick with them the rest of their lives and uh, doing things the right way, as far as how you treat them. And, You know, I look back, there's a lot of things I certainly regret on how I treated players early on, um, you know, or spoke with them or, you know, just the relationship that I had. I look at it now and, you know, just different. But uh, those guys were great guys. And uh, obviously it gave me the opportunity. Uh, 13 years as an assistant, you know, first, however, five, six years, um, you know, unpaid volunteer uh second seven i think it was 66 dollars every two weeks um so i got a whopping 33 dollars a week and uh you know thank god uh you know may she rest in peace my wife mary uh you know worked hard to allow me the opportunity to to do something that i loved and uh you know here i am 20 years as you know the head coach and uh, grateful to the college, grateful to the administrators. I think um, Wendy McManus, AD. Now, I think it's the seventh AD that I've had uh, since being at the college. And uh, a lot of good people have come and gone, and uh, a lot of good people have have come in. And um, and now, you know, big change with our new president. Uh, just an awesome guy, uh, Doctor Wosu. You know, he came in to the locker room after our game Saturday night. And, uh, you know, just a, a passionate heartfelt guy. I think he's going to do a great job, um, at the college. Uh, I know he's going to do a great job at the college and you could just tell he's passionate about it. And, um, no, so there's a lot of positive things, um, on our campus and, uh, excited to continue carrying the torch here. And, uh, you know, when I don't have the passion to be successful or win or work or, uh, be committed, then, Hey, you know, I don't want to be one of those coaches that hangs on forever. Uh, you know, pass the torch on to, to the younger guys, they deserve it. But uh, you know, right now I, I love our team uh, this year. I love the guys that are here. You know, it's not a job. It's, it's really, I'm, i very grateful to be able to, you know, go every day. It's not punching a clock. You're not thinking about what time it is to go home. You're, you're there till, you know, things are done and, and, Every detail is is examined to give yourself the best chance of being successful, whether it's recruiting or whether it's preparing the team for practice or, you know, speaking with them individually or video breakdown or whatever.
0: Our podcast is called Throwing Bagels, and that is, of course, named after the little era when Oswego hockey fans would throw bagels onto the ice after scoring a goal against Plattsburgh. Uh, what what do you recall about about this tradition like when do you when do you when did you first start seeing bagels hitting the ice
1: uh well i think it was uh in response huh. to plattsburgh throwing tennis balls okay so uh i think they got first dibs on the tennis ball and so when plattsburgh came back to oswego uh, you know oswego threw the bagels uh it was supposed to be you know uh, with the seeds on it, feeding the birds, the bird seed. Um, and so then, you know, when we would score our first goal, as you know, thousands of bagels that rain onto the ice and, uh, you know, the referees had warned us they wouldn't give us a delay game penalty and uh, out would come all the workers and the players and and scoop up all the bagels. And, you know, the same thing at Plattsburgh when they would score their first goal. Uh, you know, the tennis balls would come out flying, but, um, you know, started in Donnie Unger's era uh, when Herb Heman left uh, to coach at Plattsburgh and Donnie took over at Oswego. Uh, you know, I think that's when it originally got started really. It carried right on through until the last game um, in Romney, you know, I think Andy Rozak, uh, you know, one of our captains at the time was, um, you know, the last player to pick a bagel up off the ice and, Tuck it into his pants because it was the second time we scored to try to avoid a <laughs> delay game penalty. And uh, I think it was Jeff Fulton, who's now our supervisor of officials, um, you know, called uh, called the penalty on us. And uh, Plattsburgh ended up scoring on the power play at the time. Tim Hale, our athletic director, you know, said eh, enough is enough. We moved into. Uh, the campus center and uh you know since then 2003 it's been the whiteout tradition 20 years it hardly seems uh you know hardly seems that long but uh 20 years since the whiteout has started and uh you know it's been a good thing and uh Plattsburgh's back throwing to you know some sponge ball things and uh you know it's okay it's not it's not like it used to be. So, uh, you know, obviously the rivalry between Oswego and Plattsburgh, uh, it's, you know, one of the greatest hockey rivalries there is, Division I or Division Three. And, um, uh, you know, it's no disrespect to Jenny being, you know, in the, in the thick of things now. But the Oswego-Plattsburgh tradition goes, goes way back. And uh, obviously the bagels and the tennis balls are all part of that and um no a lot of good memories a lot of laughs and uh you know it got got a little ugly there at the end i remember george you know coach roll getting instead of getting hit with a tennis ball you know he got hit hit right in the head uh you know with an orange or a you know lemon or something so you know and then at our rink too, you know our fans it's okay once i guess but then it was you know a second time and a third time so um, you know when it started to detract from the game, and they had a threaten emptying the building. Um, you know it, w- it was time for that tradition to end.
2: I remember, um, you know, speak- going back to Romney quickly. The stands were s- were right on top of the benches, right, right behind you guys. So the 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 co- the opposing teams, you know, specifically more so Plattsburgh, because obviously, like you said, the rivalry. Coach Emery would would be hearing a lot from the fans right behind him and the players and the players on the bench. Um, and they would, they would be all over them pretty much all night long during those games.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you remember you had to walk, uh, you know, you had to walk through the crowd to get back to the locker rooms. Mm -hmm. Many times, as you said, uh, I think think you call guys called, it was the zoo crew and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the baseball team, the combination of those two groups, um, you know, it, it was uh, it was a scary sight for the opponents to to get back to locker room area, and uh, but uh, no, Coach Emery, uh, you know, he had fond memories of of the games, and uh, you know, he's doing a great job now at Merrimack as, as an assistant there, and uh, we stay in touch, and uh, you know, you, you talk about the old times and those experiences that you're you're talking about, and it was crazy. It, it was, uh, you know, it was a heck of a, uh, atmosphere. I don't say on the verge of out of control. I don't think today that, that allow that stuff to happen, but, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun while it lasted.
0: And what, why the tennis balls, by the way, how did that start?
1: I, I'm not sure uh, the story okay. went that uh, Don Unger at the time was had also like a tennis coach or assistant tennis coach or something. So, um. You know, they threw, threw the tennis balls uh, uh, at Donnie or at the team. And, um, you know, you mentioned Carl Antifanorio earlier. I remember the year we went up there and uh, he shut out Plattsburgh. And they held their tennis balls uh, the entire game until the final horn uh, when Carl posted the shutout. And then uh, Carl said, bring him on. And I think he got hit with a couple thousand tennis balls uh, for post shut out but uh you know one of those stories that you, you'll always remember
0: yeah no one had ever shut them out before right in their own barn until carl did it
1: yeah so yeah carl uh you know he was on fire that night and uh well carl comes back with uh his kids his wife and uh just a great alum very mm-hmm. successful uh down in down in the city and uh Carl stays in touch and has been loyal to our program. And, uh, uh, you know, he, you know, rightfully so brings that story up quite often.
2: Of all the players, of all the players to do it, you know, Carl, he like the personality that he had, right. To be able to then kind of like tell them to bring it on. Cause he had that personality, you know, of, of like, whatever, I don't, I shut you guys out. I don't care. You know, throw all the tennis balls you want at me.
1: It was, it was a great group of guys. I mean, you mentioned a lot of them, but, uh, uh, you know, that group was, uh, you know, got us on track and, uh, you know, got things going in a positive direction. Um, and, uh, it was a heck of a team.
0: And that's where I thought the bagels came from was because he shut them out. And like the bagel is the, the big fat zero, but I guess not, I guess yeah. it was more of the bird food thing. So we'll I guess we'll let that go.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was before. Yeah, it was before um, then. But uh, okay. I don't think there's. You can come up with the answer you want. I don't think there's a <laughs> right or wrong answer to it. Everybody <laughs> will give. You the- it lives in lore.
0: You mentioned you uh, you were an assistant coach under Coach Onger and Coach Roll, and then you said it takes about four to five years to build out your own philosophy, your own imprint on a team. And, like, right around that four-year mark, you took home a national championship. I mean, what what was that whole ex- experience like for you, and and does it still resonate today?
1: Honestly, I don't, you know, you don't think about it as much as I think about, you know, the chemistry of the team. And, you know, what are we lacking now? Or, you know, as we always said, uh, you know, a five-year plan, um, not just for your coaching philosophy, but – you know five years how is the game changing what type of players do we need to be recruiting and um you know where are we lacking on our decor and you know stay at home d mobile d, d power play d you know forwards uh, you know pk guys uh, grady guys playmakers goal scorers you name it you know you examine every aspect of it but um we were fortunate that year you know just a great group of guys that came together um but you know i'll also say you know um uh, we used the campus center you know we said hey we'd love to have you you know standing on the blue line opening day you know opening a new era of a Swigold state hockey and uh you know would bring them for the two previous years actually almost three years and you know, put a hard hat on him and trudge him through the mud over there, which, you know, used to be Penfield parking lot extended. And uh you know, the building was just going up, the steel was going up, and um know, yeah, we assembled uh, you know, quite a group of guys and uh yeah, I just uh well, I really remember the very first game against Utica that you know, going into the locker room and telling them we can, you know, we can go one in one in twenty-four this year, just whatever we got to do, we got to find a way to be successful tonight. And, uh, they certainly did. Uh, but, uh, that year was a special year, uh, great leadership, um, uh, you know, with, with the guys that we had and, um, no, it's uh great memories. Uh, uh, but as important as a national championship is just the consistency, uh, of our program. I, I would say that, you know, that's the greatest pride is, uh you know i think people do realize it's winning a championship is great but trying to stay there and stay in that hunt year in and year out um it's you know it's a lot of work a lot of fun getting to the top a lot of hard work um you know to try to stay there um everybody's after you everybody's out to get you everybody wants to knock off the top dogs and um you know, everybody brings their A game into the campus center. It's a great college atmosphere and we wouldn't want it any other way. You know, it brings out the best in us and uh, we play the toughest schedule that we can, um, you know, and, uh you know, I'm a firm, firm believer. It just makes you, makes you better, makes the program better.
2: Last question, coach. Um, So you mentioned quickly, you mentioned, you know, the time you, you were, you were assistant what was it like that day when you when you were told that you were going to become the new head coach of us? We go when when Coach Roll
1: uh, left. Well, it was bittersweet because uh, you know when you're younger and your uh, ego, you know, be a head coach, I can do this. But Coach Roll, you know, we had a special relationship, and just you know, our our wives were good friends. Our children were, became. Good friends. Um, And so then you get the point where you realize it doesn't matter whether you're a head coach or assistant coach. If you're doing something that you love with with people that you respect, uh, you know, you're okay with that. And uh, I hated them to see, hated to see him go and leave Clarkson, you know, I mean, he didn't tell the team, um, you know, until we we lost to Norwich in the national championship game, you know, that year. But, uh, you know, obviously I knew the week before uh, Mark Morris had been let go at Clarkson and, you know, that, that George was going to be, um, you know, the next head coach there. So it, it was hard. It was emotional time. You know, you spend, uh, become good friends with, with him and I was very happy for him and his family. Um, but obviously he pushed me to go back and get my master's degree. So I certainly owe him you know, a lot. I owe Donnie Unger uh, a lot for giving me an opportunity back in 89, 90. And um, George for pushing me to get my master's and, uh, you know, just a great mentor. And then, you know, still remember walking into Jim Scharfenberger, our vice president's office, and you know, and one year took, to, try to keep this going. And that's after coming off of a, you know, a loss in the national championship game. So it wasn't like you were at the bottom trying to work your way (laughs) up. It was, you know, instant boom, boom, you know, uh, it's on you, you know, prove, you know, give you an opportunity here. And at the time, you know, president Stanley and Joe Grant, and Jim Sharp from burger and, um, you know, uh, we are in the middle of, uh, you know, hiring a new athletic director. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was quite a time when you look back on it, you know, and, uh, uh, we started, we didn't finish second in the country that year. We had a good team and a lot of returners. The expectations were high. So obviously you put a lot of pressure on yourself, but, um, i things worked out just a great group of guys. They accepted me and, and, uh, uh, you know, respected me for who I am and, you know, certainly a different style than George, but the same core values that any successful team, uh, you know, has to have to be successful. But uh, now those, those two guys, you know, along with Coach Hammond and, as I said, Coach Sears, just you meet a lot of great people um, in your coaching career. And, uh, very blessed to, to, you know, bid their assistance um, in my time here to Swigup.
0: Coach, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, best wishes on a, on another successful season. And I think I speak for an awful lot of Oswego hockey fans. When we say thank you for for all of your contributions to the program and to Oswego in general.
1: Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Thanks. Good luck this season, Coach. Hopefully
2: we'll, uh, we'll get to see you at the national championship game.
1: Yeah, not as thank a spectator, you. we hope. That sounds good. <laughs>
0: and that was Ed Gozik the head coach of the Oswego State men's ice hockey team uh, a real you know an honor uh, to to have him on the show and to to talk about it. and talk about some throwing bagels right Jason
2: yeah he always has some good stories he always gives you good answers to your questions you never you never walk yes. away with a with a bad answer to a question he always gives you a good answer to a question and you know it's just walking down memory lane a little bit right like yeah. i mean the fact that you and i have been we 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 broadcast the games twenty five years ago is yeah. insane. So you know it's just great to catch up with them. I haven't seen coach in a really long time, and you know I need you've been to a bunch of games, but I haven't been to a game in 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 a really long time. So I'd like to get up there again before pre before the uh, the snow really starts to
0: fall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what else is there to talk about? I mean, uh...
2: one of the bigger things about in in the sports world right now is the Marlins and Kim Eng parting ways. You know, the general manager who first woman general manager in, in baseball now leaving. Um not sure of what went on there, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure she'll get a job someplace else and I would I would love I would I'd would love to see her come to the Mets. She built up, you know, a Marlins team, you know, they're the Marlins. So you know they're not, you know, they're not paying a lot of money mm-hmm. and uh got them to the playoffs.
0: Ing is from Queens, she's a Queens native. Right. She spent time in, as a assistant GM under Brian Cashman mm-hmm. with the Yankees. She's seen experience at the, with the Dodgers, the Marlins of course was in Major League Baseball's front office for a lot of years. I don't think you could find a better candidate out there for uh the Mets general manager opening than than Kim Ing. So, no, um, I think she's a perfect
2: you know. fit for for New York, you know. Mm-hmm. Um But just her baseball acumen alone, you know, she's super qualified for the role. Um, And I would love to see I would love to see the Mets give her at least an interview and, you know, see maybe she won't fit. Maybe she doesn't fit the philosophy that that Cohen and Stearns want to go in. But I would love to see her get get at least a a sniff, you know, and and see what 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 she could offer to that team, because I think she'd be I think she'd be a great addition
0: right i can't keep up with the the structural changes in within major league baseball organizations cuz you know 20 years ago it was a gm right and the gm made all did all the all the things yeah and would hire and fire the manager make execute trades so on and so on and so forth but now you have uh president of baseball operations you have vice president of baseball operations you have uh, executive director of the and the general manager is like fifth or sixth on the depth chart these yeah. days. Uh, so I don't know that GM is as uh, attractive a job as it once was, uh, back, you know, way back when, but it, it's still a key role in, in a lot of baseball organizations. So I, I would have to believe that Kim Ng is going to get an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, if not with the Mets, hopefully with the Mets, but it, She'll definitely
2: latch on somewhere else. I mean, unless she becomes the heir apparent to Cashman, but I don't think Cashman's going anywhere. That guy, he's not going anywhere in the near time, any time in the near future. He's he's like embedded, embedded. With, with Steinbrenner. I feel like
0: yes, you can't deny the run of success that that Cashman had, and in, in terms of getting the Yankees into the playoffs, like clockwork year mm. after year. Didn't happen this year, but no, you know they'll be right back at it next year and. And it's kind of funny, Jason, that the top five winningest teams in baseball are nowhere to be found. In, it's crazy. The, it's pretty crazy how,
2: how this has been led two years in a row, right? Yeah. Dodgers, Mets, Braves last year, all mm-hmm. out in within either the very first round or, or the division series in their first, in their technically yeah. first round of playing. Again this year, the Dodgers and the Braves in the division series in their first round of playing. I don't know what it is. I don't because some people I hear some people saying, well, they need to change base the uh, playoff rules all of a sudden because these these teams that are playing this first round are getting more. You know, they're they're not getting they're not getting stale, they're not getting cold. Whereas the Braves and the Dodgers, the Mets won 101 games last year and they got knocked out by the Padres in the first round in the wild card round. So I don't put much stock in that. Like that's that. I, I right. the, the Astros won the World Series last year. I mean, no, I, I don't put much stock in that. It's just teams get hot. Teams, you know, it happens. You know, I I I, I don't know. I find that very hard to believe.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really one thing we have to keep in mind as Mets fans is building a farm system, and all that might go a long way toward being a consistent ninety five hundred game winner year after year. But you need that extra gear, right, to make it all the way through to the World Series. It's one of the hardest things you can do. So, so yeah, you can build a, a sustainable success within your organization, but that is absolutely no way of a guarantee that you're going to win a title.
2: Yeah, I mean, 2001 Mariners, right, won the yeah. most games in baseball history, and then lost to the Yankees in the LCS. I mean, that granted, those Yankee teams were crazy, but you know yeah. they had 116 wins. They were on a bad team, that's for sure. And somehow, you know, they couldn't get they couldn't get past the Yankees. I mean, not many people could yeah you know, during no. that during that during that stretch. Uh, but the Diamondbacks did it. So,
0: yes, two thousand one, yeah, yeah, September eleventh. Well, we'll never forget that. But I was like, I do not want the Yankees winning the World Series. <laughs> Sorry,
2: yeah, I got yelled at by many people. Being like, how could you not root for a New York team? No. After, I was like, oh, it's very easy for me not to root for a New York team right now, <laughs>
0: unless it was the
2: Mets. Uh uh-uh. uh, sorry, I'm good, thank you.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that'll do it for this edition of Throwing Bagels. Um, thanks again to uh, coach Ed Gozik for joining us on today's program, and Chris Douglas, uh, will be back to, for our next podcast. He had a, a referee meeting to attend. Uh, tonight so he was unable to join us so don't be too hard on him guys listening out there he'll be back he'll be back he didn't quit I promise (laughs) Uh, so we got a blog coming up next week and then in a couple of weeks we are scheduled to talk to another Oswego State head coach that would be uh, men's basketball head coach Jason Leone so we spoke with him uh, earlier this year after their run to the Elite Eight in the division three tournament. So we're going to do a season preview uh, with coach Leon coming up in a couple of weeks. So we are looking forward to that.
2: Yeah. Very much uh, looking forward to speaking to coach again.
0: Mm-hmm. Check us out online, throwingbagels.com. email us at throwing bagels podcast gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you or leave drop a comment on our website uh, for any of our podcasts, uh, Spotify. The, the, there's a poll there. We're asking you what you like about this episode. You can weigh in there, wherever. A lot of different ways, social media, channels. We got them all over the place. So uh, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Jason, fantastic work tonight. Thank you, Kevin.
2: It's been real. And I enjoyed uh, talking to Coach, and you did a great job as well.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. we'll, We'll see you again soon. Bye.